habits of sin as well as the consequences of sin. Take time to honor the Savior in meditation and in deed. Go to church through the entire coming year and refrain from conduct which would dishonor Christ and his cause. and his young bride, mother for but a few hours and a band of rough mountain shepherds, watched in silent amazement as a tiny babe spent his first moments here on earth. Today we understand from scripture that night was indeed a holy night, when the God who made the heavens and the earth emptied himself and took on the form of a man to become Emmanuel, God with us. This was to be the beginning of a life unique among all lives. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in still another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. And then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He never visited a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things one usually associates with greatness. 
He has no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on earth as much as that one solitary life.
As soon as I saw him, I would have known, even without the angel having told us. Uh, just a little newborn babe, he was sweet-faced and smiling in his sleep. But there was something, I don't know how, I don't know how to say any of it, but something that spoke of power and sorrow. Sure, I love babies. You have to when you have a house full of your own. They are so little and helpless and need so much extra looking after, like the newborn lambs when they are born in the cold nights. <clears throat> there he lay in the manger, smiling in his sleep. No, I don't remember what his mother looked like, except that she was pretty in a fair sort of way. And there was a man with a kind and good face, who looked like he might have been a farmer or a craftsman or a carpenter who opened the stable door to let us in. A torch was stuck in a bracket on the wall. The place was all smoky and smelled of the stock. Almost stuffy, it was after, a cold, after the cold night air on the hillside. I can't tell you how it made me feel going in there and seeing that baby all warm and quiet and peaceful. We went in awkward, quietly, as to not wake him. But before we left, he opened his eyes and he looked at us. And in those baby eyes, we saw all the angel had been trying to tell us and all the chorus had been singing about. Oh, I can't describe it. I'm just a poor countryman, just a rough shepherd. Not good at words, but King David could have sung of that deep peace that we felt there, deep down inside. My, what a night it was. First, the stillness of the hillside and the angel and the heavenly light, and all the singing echoing from hill to hill, then the stable and the babe all quiet, with his face above the swaddling bands, and then the smile and the look he gave us. But seeing him, we knew we'd never complain again of the cold. From then on, our hearts and souls were filled. I can't carry a tune at all, but man, we went out singing, every one of us, and the loudest of the crowd.
hope that you're enjoying the Christmas music that we're playing and the readings. I think they're very apropos. I praise, thank you, Judy, for putting all this together. Appreciate all the work that Evelyn and Anna have done in preparing all this and Dave and all the sound system. And we praise the Lord for just the workers that we have here. Now, we're not going to be having a church service tonight because of the Christmas Eve. And uh, our policy is here, of course, the Lord says meet, uh, you know, the first day of the week. We offer our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service of worship. So we come and dedicate our lives to the Lord every Sunday morning to start the week off right. And we give back to him in an act of worship, the things that he's given to us. And so as we partake of the, uh, the blessing of being able to give back what God's given to us, I'll ask Dave to come and we will have the offering and Judy will continue with her music. Now, Father, again, we do thank you for the blessings of the hour, the great heritage that we have, the music, the, the stories. The, Lord, you, you made no mistake. You knew exactly that uh, the Christmas story would be for young and old alike. Lord, we thank you for around the world, people are commemorating and retelling parts of the story or all, all of the story of what you've done. But Lord, we know fully well that there's no way that we can tell it all of all that you've done for us, how that you came to die on the cross for our sins, to wash them away and give us newness of life. Bless now, Lord, we pray, what little we can give back to you as we would honor you with our gifts and offerings. For we pray in Jesus Christ's precious and wonderful name. Amen.
five-year-old Lucy was sitting on her daddy's knee, looking at the colored pictures in a Christmas storybook. Her father turned to the picture of the little baby Jesus lying in the manger. Daddy, is Christmas still Jesus' birthday? asked Lucy. Why, yes, answered Daddy. You have a birthday party every year to remember your birthday, and we have remembered Jesus' birthday right down through the years. Oh, said Lucy thoughtfully. But when I have a birthday, everybody gives me presents. Doesn't Jesus get any birthday presents? Well, Daddy was puzzled. It is strange, but when Jesus' birthday comes along, we get presents for each other, but we never seem to get anything for Jesus. Lucy jumped down from her father's lap. I think I'll get Jesus a present this year. I'm going to look as hard as I can and find something useful for him. Every day when she went Christmas shopping in the big stores with her mother, her eyes covered the long shining counters in search of a present for Jesus. Nobody seemed to understand her plan. She whispered to one friendly clerk that she wanted to buy a birthday gift for him. The clerk just smiled down to the little blue-eyed girl, looked puzzled, and turned away to wait on another customer. The busy days passed by until at last Christmas morning came. It was always so exciting with Daddy calling out names and handing out the gifts. When all the packages were opened and the floor was covered with wrapping paper, Daddy said, Well, Lucy, where is your present for Jesus? I am it, answered Lucy. I looked very hard and couldn't find anything useful, so I thought he would like me. Maybe he can use me. Daddy looked at Lucy in her white robe, her curls tapped by a big red bow. He felt very sure that Jesus would like the gift that Lucy had chosen.
How was I to know who they were? They knocked on the door of my inn just at supper time. There I was, busy all over the place, seeing the food was properly prepared, attending the whims and wants of the great ones, rushing madly about here and there. I didn't even see them myself. The little servant girl turned them away. But what else could she have done? There was no room in the inn for them. Oh, what busy times those were. The whole town filled with folks come to register for taxing and the Roman officials to supervise the process. The chief official himself was stopping in my inn with clerks and scribes, all the elegant Roman ladies and wealthy merchants. And when they came knocking on the door in the twilight, we turned them away. Such a tender-hearted little lass, that servant girl of mine. She came and pulled on my sleeve just as I was taking wine into the room of one of the Roman lords and whispered in my ear, asking if somehow we could not make room for a tired young woman. She needs so badly some place to stay, said the servant maid. So impatient I was and said, by all the law of the prophets, I cannot be bothered in, in a time like this. Send them to a stable or somewhere. Oh, to miss a chance like that. My inn might have been the chiefest of the world, the birthplace of the Messiah, had I known, had I known. I should have turned them all out, and all the, turned them all out, the tipsy Roman, the jeweled ladies, the scribes, the greasy merchants, the, the whole lot. How my poor house was so honored by their wanting to come in, and what a busy blind fool I was to miss a chance like that. Oh, to miss a chance like that.
You ask what I'm wanting for Christmas, what gift I would like to acquire, a gift that would thrill my whole being and satisfy my every desire. Well, just such a gift has already been given, and it is my own, for no greater gift could be given and no greater love could be shown. Then when the Father, when God the Father gave Jesus, his only, his well-beloved Son, to suffer in my place on Calvary, to pay for the sins I had done. O gift over all gifts transcending, O gift dear and precious divine, unspeakable gift God has given to all who believe, and he's mine. And since this great gift I've accepted, to me God has given beside, a life never ending eternal, a promise with him to abide. He gives sweetest peace midlife's conflict, in days filled with peril and fear, gives joy by day, gives joy day by day in his service, in sorrow gives comfort and cheer. His presence is with me each moment, he satisfies fully my needs, gives grace for each test, bears my burdens, and gently my footsteps he leads. What gift could I ask then besides him? Could man such a gift ever afford? Oh no, God in mercy has given the greatest gift, Jesus my Lord. Thank you, sweetheart. I'd like to just draw your attention in the closing moments to, of course, the very familiar scene in the Christmas story, the shepherds. And since we have talked about the shepherds and so forth, I'm just going to read the angelic announcement. And it says in verse 19, or excuse me, in verse 13 of chapter 2 of the book of Luke, and suddenly there were the angels with, uh, with the, the angel, a multitude of heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, 
peace, goodwill toward men. Now, Father, we pray that you just bless this time that we have together. Lord, we thank you for the gift of music, the gift of blessing our soul with heavenly songs. How we pray, Lord, that it has been glorifying to you today and that the angels in heaven have joined with us. We thank you, Lord, for our people. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the salvation that you've brought to them and to each one of us. We pray now, Lord, as the message would go out around the world, we pray, Lord, that others will hear and see and know you and that they would rejoice with us and with the angels one day when we see you face to face. Thank you again for the blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now we've been looking a lot at the Old Testament uh, scripture in the past few weeks. And of course, we've said repeatedly that if the prophecy has not come about yet, then it will. And we have seen many times, just how many uh, scores of times, where Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was predicted and it's been fulfilled in the New Testament, almost word, well, word for word so many times uh, from the prophets. But here we see that the, the angels came to these lowly shepherds. Aren't you glad that, it was, that he didn't come to the princes? Aren't you glad he didn't come to uh, the kings and so forth and they tell us what happened? But he came to what would be considered the non-elite the low life, the flyover country, the whatever you want to call it, the, the nobodies. And that's where we have the Christmas story. And so so eloquently told today about how that, uh, how about <clears throat> how that uh, the Lord came to different people in different ways to present the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, we see that the angels said something very significant, though, and that is, of course, that the Lord, the glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now, unfortunately, we haven't seen that prophecy come about yet. We know that it will. The Lord Jesus came the first time. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, and that's you and me, I hope, each one of you, within the sound of my voice, no, the Lord Jesus is your personal Savior. You realize that he came because of your sin. You realize that you needed a Savior, just like Mary did when she said, Oh, my Lord, uh, he, she glorified her Savior, even in her uh, song to him, because she needed a Savior, just like we do, because we're buried in our sins. How sad sin, how it blinded us. I think back, as you think back of Adam and Eve, in the garden, that perfect place. And yet uh, Satan blinded, or we allowed our, or their eyes were blinded. And all of a sudden, yes, their eyes were open to sin. They realized that they were sinners. They realized that uh, they were in the areas that, uh, that caused shame. They had never even felt that before, before sin. And so we see that their eyes were blinded, and we see that through the Bible, where sin blinds the eyes. We've been going through the book of uh, Psalms, and uh, how many times in the book of Psalms it talks about the Lord? I think in Psalm 
53, verse 11. It says, the, Lord, the, world, the earth is full of your mercy. And yet so many people don't see it. Another time we see in Psalm, well, that's uh, in Psalm 53, or excuse me, that's Psalm 119, um, verse 30 or 38. But also <clears throat> in Psalm 53, 11, he says, the earth is full of your goodness. And so we see that the glory of God, just think of the sunset and the sunrise, the majesty, the artistry that the Lord made here on earth. We think of the beauty of a tree growing and blossoming in the spring and the beauty as the leaves shed in the winter. You think of all the goodness of the Lord and unfortunately how blind we are to it. And yet uh, we know that one day when the Lord comes again, that he's going to bring peace to earth. He's going to, he's going to come, not a, in a lowly manger, but on a white horse. And he's going to establish his kingdom. And it's, he's going to reign. And we know uh, for a thousand years on earth and then forever and ever. But we see in Isaiah 55, verse uh, 12, he says, the mountains and the hills will break forth with songs. I think that's where they get uh, the sound of music or whatever, the hills are alive. Well, we understand, even scientists tell us today, that uh, you can tell even with a crop whenever it needs water. I mean, it, uh, it makes certain sounds and so forth. I don't know whether that's music or whatever, but even the hills are alive, you know, with all the blessings of God and so much because of our sinful nature, we won't see it. It's just amazing how sin blinded the eye and on the rose, all of a sudden there's thorns and all the rest. But all that's going to be done away with one day. And the lion will lay down by the lamb and uh, the child shall play by the, with the, in the snake pit. It's going to be great. To, can you imagine that, you mothers and your kid coming home with a, a beautiful little snake? And you, and, uh, no, you don't. Okay, that's too hard to imagine even for me. And yet God says, that's, you know, that's, it's going to be a perfect place. No more death. No more sorrow. And so we see that uh, God is going, has promised he's going to do that. And one reason he has to do it, because he promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob he would do it. And then again, he promised that he was going to come again. As he went up into heaven, we know that he said, I'm going to come in like manner as you see me come, going into heaven. And so we know the Lord's coming out. And today the world is crying peace, peace, but there is no peace because they're rejecting the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in these dark, somber days, as we're, not wonder, we're wondering what's going to happen, and we keep hearing that word, key word that we're hearing over the last several years, unsustainable. Unsustainable. We can't keep going the way we're going. Why? Because we are going away from Christ. And the wages of sin is death. And there's a way that seems right unto men. But the end thereof are always the ways of death. And so we see that God it came and he has a promise. He's coming again. And are you ready for him? Those who are ready for him, we're going to meet him in the air, are we not? And one day we're going to come and rule and reign with him on earth again. But all the sorrow, all the people that missed him, the innkeeper, that monster Herod, the scholars that knew all the scriptures, even where he was going to be born and all that. And they didn't even, didn't even follow the wise men. They, they had, a, they had a, 
a biblical knowledge, but not a biblical presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in their hearts. And so my friend, you can know, you could quote scripture by the yard and yet miss the God of scripture. You can miss the Lord Jesus Christ. They missed him. They knew about him coming. It was prophesied scores of times. They could quote it to the wise men about where he was going to be born. And they missed him. But oh, my friend, you don't have to miss him today. The Lord says, whosoever shall come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Whosoever will may come. And the church today, the last uh, phrase of the Bible, phrases of the Bible says, the, the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, and the bride, that's the church, say come. And that's our testimony today. Come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to know him as we know him. We're not a bit better than anybody else in the world. We're just saved by grace, saved by the Prince of Peace, the man who came to die on the cross for our sins, the God-man. And he's ascended into heaven and he promises that whosoever will come unto him, he will in no wise cast out. Do you know him? And if you know him, are you telling others? But oh, my friend, the greatest decision you will ever make in your life is what have you done with the Savior who came to earth as a babe in a manger? But he was born to die for your sins and mine on the cross. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that means you, that means me, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know him? If not, today could be your day of salvation. Realizing you're a sinner, ask the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me and forgive me of all my sins and I want to live for you. And he will. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We can call you Father because of what you sent your son to accomplish here on earth. And you tell us that to as many as received him, and I hope that each one of us could put our names on that many, you tell us that you gave them the power, you gave them, you accepted them, you gave them the authority to be called children of God. And we're not your children because of anything we've done, but what the Lord Jesus did on the cross for our sins. And oh Lord, as we are your children, may others come to know you as their Savior. Bless your people, Lord, during this Christmas time. We think of the shut-ins. We think of those, Lord, who can't be with us today. May we be a blessing to them. And oh Lord, May your, the light of the world shine through our hearts to a lost and dying world. May they see what we have, the present, the joy of knowing you as our Savior. And may they want it as we have received it. Bless your people now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.